Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of Airport Experience News and your host. Please make sure to listen to all of our episodes, which you can find on airportxnews.com slash podcast. But if you're like me and you prefer the portability of podcasts and prefer to listen to them in the car or at the gym or doing chores outdoors in the hot South Florida sun, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is episode 34, and here I chat with Aaron Humphreys, the owner of Enroute Spa, which you can find in Indianapolis International Airport. So if you've been following along, the last handful of episodes I've been featuring notable women to give you a variety of viewpoints on the role and impact that they play within this industry. And Aaron's viewpoint is that she is a small business owner in the spa and massage services category. In fact, she really embodies the whole wellness aspect. I mean, she doesn't just work in the wellness category, she lives it, meaning she has a passion for all of the wellness, where spas are really just a part of it. And if you chat with her, like I have, um, you're gonna see what I mean. Anyway, Erin has owned and operated on Root Spa for 15 years now, but she's pivoting and she's embarking on her partnership with Hudson at IND. Anyway, we chat about her beginnings, uh, thoughts on the True Wellness program, and most interestingly, how she models for her three young girls. Anyway, here is my conversation with Erin Humphreys. I am here with Erin Humphreys, the owner of Indianapolis-based En Route Spa. Erin, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you for having me. So it seems like a billion years ago, but it was great seeing you in Las Vegas for the Airport Experience Conference. It was a long time ago, and I am—I had such a good time at that conference. Thank you so much. Sure. So back then, I really don't remember which night, but I remember that you and I discussed back at the show that I wanted to run a series of episodes um, for Women's History Month. But unfortunately, I'm a little bit late. But you know what? You know, I don't think we need a, a whole month to really celebrate the work that women do. So let's just say I'm extending the party by a couple of weeks. So to that point, I've been chatting with various women within the industry to spotlight not just the work that they do, but to showcase um, the many ways that our industry is impacted at all levels by women. So I believe that your angle is one that's of tremendous interest to me. You're a small business owner in a very niche category who not only raised a family, but you raised a business. So let's really just, let's, let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about the genesis of your passion for health and wellness. And I know um, you you came from the Pacific Northwest. I think you want to say uh, Seattle and you fitness was a big thing with your parents, correct? That's right. My mom and stepdad were uh, always very cognizant of the food that they ate and um, being active and encouraging, you know, encouraging me to be active. Uh, nutrition was a big part of our family. Um, my stepdad ran marathons and uh, yeah, just... It was all around me. So I ended up, um, you know, becoming a fitness trainer. Uh, I'm um, personal development in terms of health and wellness have always just been um, attracted to me. Was that just really the time that you were born in? Or is that just like the mindset of the Pacific Northwest where you have such lush greenery and, and, you know, all sorts of outdoor activities, I'm sure that kind of inspired it, correct? Right. That was born into an airline family. So in the 80s, you know, airline travel was very glamorous and um, there was even a real push for flight attendants to be um, 
fit and uh, take care of themselves. And uh, so my mom was, was very, um, you know, she was always into that. She was really healthy in general. I mean, I was born on a farm and she, she raised a lot of our own food in the garden and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So we definitely, I mean, she was also raised on a farm as well, but um, we have that kind of in our past and um you know, canning and growing your own food was part of it. Uh, But, you know, I think being in the Pacific Northwest also has its advantages. People are very health conscious there. Hiking is very um, easy to do. There's lots of biking, lots of outdoor activities, boating, swimming. uh, You know, it's nice to be immersed in that. No, that's great. I'm uh, I'm in South Florida, which is there's nothing against nothing wrong with South Florida, but you know it's the topography isn't you know there isn't much <laughs> of anything, unfortunately. Right, right. It is beautiful though, so the sun is yes. definitely a, a lovely thing. More no, than no. more than we got in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. See, there's a, there's a trade off. There's a trade off there. So um, so my next uh, question then for you is. How did you get into the wellness space? You talk about your, your passion for it, but more specifically, how did you get into the wellness space in airports? I, I can't imagine that airports was the environment where you wanted to begin a career in. Now, you, you mentioned that your mom was a flight attendant, so you always had a love of airports and of flying, but still from a business standpoint, um, it, it's so niche, especially the time that you came in. So what, what got you into this space? You know, that's a great question, and thanks for asking that. Um, so... After graduating high school, I took a gap year and went to massage therapy school because I was so into, um, you know, health and um, healing. And, uh, you know, with a, I, a friend of mine's father was a chiropractor and they had, he had massage therapists in his office. And so I thought that would be a great segue and interesting um, way for me to kind of get started in that field before I went to university. And it was a great job while I was at school as well. I mean, certainly paid well and um, gave me uh, a lot of, um, you know, access to helping people at an early time. Um, But having my parents be in, in the airlines and always flying with them. I mean, I was flying since I was five, you know, very, wow. very young. My mom would be, it was so much fun. She, um, I was like a junior flight attendant and I was raised by a gaggle of flight attendants truly. And so I had my own apron and I'd walk up and down the aisle and, you know, hand out um, honey roasted peanuts when peanut allergies weren't a thing yet. And, um, you know, uh, my stepdad, he is a pilot, he's a retired captain. Um, but it was always so much fun. And so, Anyway, to back to your question, um, as far as airports go, I mean, I was in airports, so I understand passengers. I understood travelers and, um, you know, the excitement of being in the airport and being on the airplane. And I always wanted to be in in that space. And my mom, she wouldn't let me become a flight attendant, uh, really. And she, she wanted more for me. She said, nope, nope, you can't do that. You need to go to college and um, really explore your interests. And so I just ended up you know, finding my way into the airport one way or another. She wasn't going to keep me out of it. And uh, yeah, which is pretty funny. And, um, and I, I worked for, uh, for massage bar for Carrie Crewe. And that was um, kind of a real natural fit for me. And Carrie was an amazing mentor and taught me a lot about the business. And, um, you know, I'd see my parents and all their friends when they were you know, coming through the airport and I was working there and, um, you know, it was just a really great time. The good thing is that you were already exposed to the environment. It's not like you, it was something completely foreign to you, correct? Right. Yeah. So I was always 
really comfortable with being in the airport, comfortable with serving passengers, comfortable with seeing that done. And Alaska Airlines is the airline my parents um, flew for. And, you know, they are always fantastic about service. So, you know, growing up in that sort of hospitality mindset, but yeah. still fun mindset. I mean, gosh, we would travel all the time too, as a family. Um, it just, it really lent itself, you know, that airports are amazing, you know, um, airline travel, airline family is amazing. So there was a lot to, um, a lot of excitement with that. I mean, if you think about it, and, and I say this to a lot of people, especially ones who, it's not that, not that they don't fly or have never been in an airport, but they only, obviously only see one aspect of it. And you being on the business side and myself, you know, being in this industry, we know that it's, it's, an, it's a huge, complicated organism. The, 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 the part that the people see is really just the 10% of the iceberg that's sticking out of the water. So it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm assuming then, um, like you said, you saw various aspects of it, you know, with your mom and being in the airport. Um, but gosh, even just saying, okay, well now I'm going to transition into maybe doing a business in airports. You know, what was actually, it's a good part, part, part right here to talk uh, in transition is that how did you all of a sudden think, you know, I'd like to become a business owner. What was the trigger or the motivation that, that got you thinking in that, in that direction? So working for Carrie, I learned so much about, um, you know, bringing, um, massage services and chair massage services specifically uh, to um, to the customers in the airport. And I really saw that there would be so much more to offer people uh, just besides chair massage, even though chair massage is very, very important and offers a, um, a great respite for people. And um, I, I just really envisioned a lot more in terms of products yeah. that would help people and, um, you know, uh, other services, more fuller services. And there's so much even more, you know, to offer today. Um, but I really wanted to, to, you know, I really wanted to offer that to people. And so, you know, having worked with her for such a long time and um, been in the airport, I felt very confident and comfortable in my um, mid twenties to venture out on my own. And I think kind of the backbone of that was the sport, support I had from my parents as well. Mm -hmm. And my dad, who yeah, has always been in business. Yeah, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but like around what, what was the time frame? Like what year did you decide to, you know, start thinking in this direction of doing your own thing? Uh, right around 2003. Oh, okay. Uh, so in that time, I, said hey to my parents all of them my dad as well he is a he um he's a business executive um and I said hey I have this I have this idea this is what I want to do and it was really new I think they um maybe there was one other full spa in 2002 and uh I don't think it's in business now but um or at least fuller type spa that was an you know fuller offering and I so I pitched the idea to my parents and of course was, you know they're completely supportive of me yep we'll help you do that yep mm -hmm. so I said okay and um spent about six months writing a business plan and um my dad got me connected to uh score a 
believe those initials stand for um, Senior Corps of Retired Executives, and they helped me refine it. And um, he and his friends helped me refine it as well. And of course, my mom and stepdad looked over it as well. And so there was a lot of feedback that I got. And um, and then we just started looking for locations and pitching banks. And at least I did this and airports. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in my mid 20s, I had nothing to my name and was able to secure um you know, funding from banks without any collateral and uh, ended up um, selecting Indianapolis as our, um, as our home location. And so we, we launched there. Wow. That's tremendous. So what, what did it feel like? I mean, the lending part is always the tricky part of everything, right? I mean, what was that like as a, as a young woman in your mid twenties, as you said, to go in there and say, I'd like to start this business. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think I just, you know, shared my passion for health and wellness and for helping people and serving people. And, um, and it's necessary and people need that. And, um, I mean, I was nervous to pitch the banks, but I, you know, I did my homework and I put the time in and I, um, you know, I did my best, but I was, you know, honest and brought my full self, you know, to the table and they said, yep, we'll do it. Wow. And it's great that you said, you know, your, your dad was always in business and he, you know, obviously helped you out and, and, and guided you. But I guess something going through things like this is kind of, um, you know, uh, it shaped you, I'm sure, in some ways where it makes every subsequent, does it make every subsequent meeting with a bank any less daunting? <laughs> Truthfully. Yeah. Absolutely, actually. And we have a great relationship with our bank. So, um, and it's been 15 years of being in business. So that has been um, such a great experience. And a small bank matters as well. I think, uh, you know, they're more able to have a relationship with you directly. And, um, mm. you know, we've done other things with them as well. But uh, yeah, it it does make it less daunting. And I'm older now, I'm more secure about that, you know, less, I don't know, I think when you're young, you you're able to take risks in a different way because you're freer. You don't have the responsibility of family and that sort of thing. And, um, failing is, um, less of a fear because you don't have as much to lose, but, uh, you know, I don't know, being older now with a different perspective kind of gives me a sense of comfort as well. I remember, um, just starting out though, I was so nervous on my very first day of operations. (laughs) I mean, Ramon, I was so nervous that we open up and I'm just, there's no customers in my store. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I think my face was like white as a sheet. I called my dad because he was working remotely with me a little bit um, Mm -hmm. from Seattle. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no customers because, you know, I had, you know, my daily sales that I was going to hit and how I was going to do that and back into that. and. I remember, and I have all these employees and here I am like just in my mid twenties and, you know, do my best and encouraging people. And I just, I think my face was white as a sheet, but you know, as we all know, like, uh, sales are up and down and different, Mm -hmm. different times of the day and that sort of thing. And it all, it all turned out fine. But speaking of my dad though, this is a very funny story. He has been in business and he is, um, he's really great in terms of operational philanthropy, which was very um, new in the eighties. And that's really a way of companies that want to get back into, or at least they focus on doing 
social good, but operating businesses around that. And um, so he would, you know, he would kind of like poke at me saying that my spa is not a non-for-profit, meaning that I would give my employees so many like second chances and really try to help them. You know, people struggle. So let's just talk about the importance of wellness programs in airports. I, I think, this is me personally, I think we get trapped into believing that the extent of a wellness program is a spa and massage, which it can be, I'm not discounting that, but you know, those services, at least I feel, are just a subset of what can be a greater program. I mean, there are, um, wellness is so broad, and I think there could be an opportunity for you know, retail units that focus on um, it could be oils and 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 medicines. It's whatever it is that uh, that focus on the whole being. Because let, let's face it, traveling is not stress free. I, I know because I have two little kids. You have three girls. You know, flying is not always you know smooth. But just let's talk about you know. Give me your opinion as far as the state of the wellness program in airports and where you feel it can go. I think that we're really on the cusp of seeing some amazing change. I mean, we're seeing incredible focus like we have never seen before in terms of people taking care of themselves and better care of themselves. And that's really important because we've lived in such a time where people, especially who are traveling, you know, those are a big, you know, a subset of of people who are, you know, running businesses or, you know, they're executives or they, um, they have a lot on the ball and they're constantly drive, 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 push hard, push hard, go, 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 be the best. And you know what? That's going to lead to breaking. And that's really an old way of thinking, even though we still want to be high performers, but there's a different way of getting there. And so kind of coming back to wellness in airports, I think that really comes down to how can we bring more to people in a convenient way. And that is where airports come in because they do have some dwell time or they'll leave time, um, you know, ahead of their trip if they, if they know what they're looking for or they, they know what services are available. So they'll leave a little bit extra time on the front end so that they can pop in before they take off. Um, and, you know, we're getting to a point where small recoveries daily matter. Yeah. And, small gains even in fitness is something that we can all kind of relate to now because they, you know, they lead to the long-term gain and the long-run gain. But providing that is providing people more opportunity with, um, you know, different kinds of healing, like you mentioned oils or um, medicinal support um, and pulling that all together. And I'm really doing quite a bit of research in that in that regard to kind of push forward um, a little bit of a different kind of concept. And that's not completely taken shape yet, but it does, <laughs> it does include, it does include other elements. Like how can we um, address emotional health for people? How can we offer public healing spaces and um, nutrition support and, you know, on airport and then off airport as well. Um, you know, using plants and horticulture, culture as healing in hospitals. They have seen some incredible gains in terms of um, supporting people's healing after surgeries with horticulture. And, you know, there's, I mean, even feedback with artificial intelligence, detecting moods, um, and then supporting that in terms of what 
you know, what you can offer people in the space uh, where they're at. Art therapy. I mean, we see that a little bit with like the coloring books and that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, like how else can we add to people's, you know, people's day in a small way where it's in bite-sized chunks. So they don't feel like they're overwhelmed. Like, Oh my God, I have to take all these supplements or, Oh my gosh, I, um, I have to do all these things. And therefore this, you know, the message is I can't add this to my list. I can't add all of this to the, to, um, you know, to my task list that it says it's already huge, but you know, so breaking it down, making it available to people and um, doing it in a way that feels good and makes sense to them and reminds them they need to take care of themselves. I mean, we, we're all about it in our food, right? If we want locally sourced, organic, uh, et cetera, why couldn't we, why don't we look beyond that anyway to, to other means of, of, um, of wellness? Well, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we definitely see that in our food. We, we hear a lot of buzz about locally sourced and, um, you know, organic. Um, but that's the truth. Like the food that we eat matters. It can affect inflammation and inflammation is, is, is one of the basis of many diseases and many lifestyle diseases that are avoidable. Um, and, you know, we can, there's lots, so many ways, like even with fitness and you see that in different apps and you see, um, you see, people having the opportunity to make that more convenient and come to them. And that's, that's really what I'm talking about is how do we make it available? How do we educate people? How can we make it interactive? How can we make it a great experience? And, um, you know, and something lasting, not just one more thing on their to-do list, but something that really makes a difference so they can see the difference with it. It's funny because like, um, I want to go back to something you mentioned, you know, it's, and I read this somewhere as well, where it's just building little habits. We always talk about, you know, if we want to lose weight or get in shape, we always talk about, well, what do we cut out? We cut out carbs, gluten, whatever it is, but we never really talk about what we want to add, like add more vegetables Mm -hmm. or add more exercise or add more meditation or whatever else. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, you know, when we can, add more. It's a positive mindset as opposed to um, cut out or decrease or lack. Mm-hmm. One time I had this really funny experiment. I, did, I do lots of nutritional and um, meditative and physical experiments on myself. Nothing crazy, but you know, just like with fitness and so <laughs> forth. And I was studying um, with a program for naturopathy. And I thought, wow, I'm really going to need to be a vegetarian because that's probably a better way to do it. You know, it's a better, a better way to live, which now we, there's more information, you know, saying yes, plant, plant based as, but you know, also with some proteins and and animal proteins, as long as they're raised right. Um, But I added, I just started adding more vegetables to my diet at the very beginning. And I, I ate less and I ate, I consumed less meat. I consumed less of other things as opposed to saying, oh, I'm going to have to, you know, cut out donuts. I'm going to have to cut out this and cut out that. Mm-hmm. It's so much more joyful in your mind to add as opposed to subtract. It just, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset. It feels different. Oh, it yeah. feels better. You're a partner with Hudson there at Indianapolis, and congratulations. Um, this is a great example of, you're a business owner, obviously, you're, you're known for being in the wellness space, but you're also pivoting, I guess, to stay relevant, correct? Just talk a little bit about that. Uh, I am, yes, and thanks for bringing that up. I think that's a really um, 
beautiful kind of evolution to my career and uh, and it's a great opportunity for us to grow as well. Um, we had the great opportunity to um, partner with Hudson here in Indianapolis for multiple stores, news and convenience and um, specialty retail. And, you know, I'm pretty excited about that because as a spa owner um, I in an airport, I understand, you know, how that operates and how, um, you know, how challenging sometimes the margins can be in that space. You know, it's, it's um, high touch, uh, skilled labor. Um, you know, it's just, it's an expensive proposition to be in. And um, to that end, we have never expanded into other airports primarily because of the the cost it would be to operate those mm -hmm. airports yeah. and flying back and forth and that sort of thing. And so um, thankfully our Indianapolis Airport Authority has always been super supportive and helped us make connections in the city to grow our business locally uh, by way of conventions, working with um, our partners at Visit Indy and conventions coming into town at the um, international, the Indiana Convention Center. And then also um, uh, through workplace wellness at corporations. And um, Marsha Stone has been just so helpful in terms of um, connecting me to people like that as well. Um, but as far as Hudson goes, that being said, you know, in terms of growth, you know, partnering with Hudson really made a lot of sense. And in the truest sense and spirit of the DBE program, um, I have learned so much from them already. Uh, and what a fantastic operation they have. I spent a week with um, one of their GMs in Cleveland, shadowing that operation and understanding it back in January um, as we prepare to bring that online here in Indy. And I was just impressed completely. I've never really spent, you know, I honestly, I've never mm -hmm. spent um, time on the, on, you know, back end of a business like that for Hudson or Parities or any of these companies who just do such a fantastic job at um, bringing forward um, retail to travelers at that level. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's continual learning. I mean, you, you had a passion, you learned about it, uh, you knew airports, but you learned about business and airports and thus you started your business. Now you have, a, you're learning more about, uh, you know, another category within our industry and that's great. Kudos to you. Thanks. Yeah, I am excited about that. I think, um, you know, there's so much to learn in terms of bringing, you know, other retail options to um, to our customers and including, you know, the local element, which I'm well versed in. But it's nice to see uh, it's nice to see how a, a big box kind of airport retailer does that. And, you know, at the same time, I've always been interested in food, too. You know, I mean, nutritionally. And so it's really neat to see how airports are continuing to bring more great food options and that sort of thing too. So I just, I just like wellness all around and bringing people services and, and um, products that they're interested in. So I want to pivot a little bit. I have a couple more questions for you. And now I want to get into the meat of um, why I really wanted to have you on. Um, you know, as you mentioned it when we were chatting in Vegas, you know, you're a mompreneur. You know, let's talk about work-life balance as a mom, as a business owner, and share a bit about what it's like to kind of juggle these types of responsibilities. You're tending to your business, you're tending to your family, et cetera. Yeah, yeah that is great. <laughs> and I think that, I think a lot of people can, can really relate to this, including our travelers. I mean, they are, you know, they are, you know, pushed to the limits and, and trying to balance their families or their lives. And all, also all the people in our industry are probably in the same boat. Um, but as far as being a mom business owner, um, 
you know, my family really comes first, but at the same time, I am absolutely responsible to my business, you know, so I really have to juggle it. And if that means that after all of my children are asleep and I still have work to do, then I have to do it at 11 o'clock at night. And although I really try to get them to bed at eight, uh, that's better for me, better for them. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, they could be sick. Like the one time like, earlier this month or, you know, maybe it was back in March this year, there was that horrible, horrible flu going around and it yes. lasted five days. And each one of my kids, I have three little girls, each one got it, but not until the other one was on the tail end. So for 15 days, pretty much, we had kids that were sick overnight. And you just, you know what, sometimes it's crazy. You just make it work. And other times it's a lot easier. Um, we have girls who are really involved in a lot of activities. And my oldest is 12 and she plays um, club soccer. And thank goodness we have a carpool. We have a very strong yeah. community, uh, definitely that, that just strength and community and support. Um, I can lean on that. And, but you know, you just, sometimes you're taking calls and you're in, you're in soccer carpool or, you know, you just make it work. <laughs> you make it work. <laughs> and you also ask other people, how do you make it work? You know, you have all these great teachers around us. So I'm sure there are many conversations in the car line, right? <laughs> yeah. Always. My girls are really good. They love it when I'm off the phone when I'm picking up in car line, but they understand that if mommy's on the phone, then they all kind of get in quietly and then I'll, I'll be off the call shortly. Same with um, my husband. He sometimes works from home as well and he's on calls and, you know, they understand, oh, daddy's on a call. You know, he'll be mm -hmm. bringing in groceries because he's got to do that. You know, we still need to function in life. We just find a different way of, you know, we just, we adapt. We just, I think you have to be adaptable and flexible and, um, you know, positive about it too. So this is my last question. Um, again, as a woman, obviously, and a mother of three little girls, I'm a father of a 13-year-old, so our kids are right, or your eldest is right around the same age as mine. Do you feel extra pressure or maybe responsibility to model for them, you know, as a business owner, as someone who, uh, you know, as a woman who can make this happen? Now, the flip side of that is you have a great support system, like you said, you have a very supportive husband. So I think having your girls see their father supportive of their mother is, you know, you're kind of working it from both sides. So I guess maybe, maybe start off with, you know, being a model for your little girls and maybe others. Uh, that's a really great question and certainly near and dear to my heart. Thanks for asking it. And as you know, raising a teenager and a teen <laughs> girl in this time is pretty serious. I mean, that's an mm -hmm. incredible responsibility. We are so lucky though, to be, um, alive at this time in our world and seeing so many changes and so much support for women, even in business and, um, you know, in politics and in other ways, in so many ways, women are taking, um, leadership positions. But to answer your question, I do feel a tremendous sense of responsibility in terms of um, being a great example for my girls. And, you know, I, I don't really define myself to them as a business owner. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think, I think they just see our lives as normal. You know, mommy and daddy work, mommy and daddy support each other. Um, I, I think that, you know, they just, they're, they're kind of, they just kind of grow up in that. Um, but the real measure for me is, you know, are they seeing me being kind? Are they seeing me lifting other people up? And they do see that in terms of, 
you know, mentoring others. We've had a lot of local product makers that have gotten into the airport, into our stores for the first time. And they, you know, there's a lot to learn in terms of, um, you know, bringing their products to market and, or, um, you know, being able to sell them at a store level. And when my, my girls were little, you know, three, four, they would come to meetings with me, um, to the makers. And they started seeing that at a very, very early age, you know, they Mm -hmm. see, um, you know, how to be problem solvers and, you know, supportive, um, as well as that family partnership that you bring up. But I don't think that they really see gender limitations because both of their parents, um, you know, really, I don't know, lead and share that, share that lead. And I want to go back to something that you mentioned a little early on in the interview where, you know, um, I think you were talking with your mom and she was a flight attendant and she said, no, I want, I want something more from you. And I kind of wrote that down mm-hmm. and more than that. Um, I'm obviously we want more for our children than what we have for ourselves to, to increase that. Correct. I mean, so it's great to show um, even though you're not outwardly saying I'm a woman and I can, I'm, I can run the business, but at the very least you're modeling it. And, and I guess it's kind of subliminal in some ways. Yes. And isn't that the truth? We always want more for our children. I think every generation feels that way. Going back to your question a little bit about, um, you know, being a woman business owner and the seriousness of that and demonstrating that it is more important for me to teach my kids balance and contentment and joy and happiness um, than, you know, I don't know, like the achievement of awards or um, some other like external marker that we value as a society uh, or measure. Um, I, I do want more for them. And I think more at this level is just genuine happiness with whatever you're doing, as long as what you're doing is you're being a good one. Does that make sense? No, 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 certainly, certainly. And, and, and I, I lied. I, I do have actually have one more question. That wasn't the last one, but it's, it's really playing off. I of want you. all your questions. Yes. Perfect. And send them all over. You mentioned mentoring. Do you feel you're at a position where you're mentoring? Maybe you are now, or do you feel comfortable being in a position to kind of take on and mentor other folks as well? Well, absolutely. I think, um, I think we, I've done, I kind of naturally do that. Like whether it's my daughter and her little friends or, um, you know, people that I work with that are local makers, um, and helping to incubate their business and answer, you know, questions or other people just trying to get into the fields of massage therapy that have questions. You know, I would, um, speak at schools and encourage people, um, encourage people to take risks, to ask for what they want, you know, to feel the fear and do it anyway, you know, but, but to know that they're not alone, you know, I think that that matters the most. And I've had so many great people that have helped me along the way, um, not necessarily like uh, the traditional official mentoring relationship, yeah. but um, certainly, um, you know, it's been, I've, I've certainly learned a lot and gleaned a lot. And I learned things from my mom friends, you know, and, uh, um, you know, other people that I, I get to work with. And I think that's where we're lucky to live in this time because people are so much more in touch with their emotional side and supportive side. And they're willing to be, um, take risks and be vulnerable and share their concerns and their fears and, and their wins and, um, you know, lift each other up. So yes, yes to all that. Well, 
Aaron, that's all I have. I want to thank you for very much for taking the time to speak with me. Well, thank you, Ramon. I appreciate everything you guys do. It really matters to our industry.